All right. Matthew 27, verse 33 through 36 says, And when they were come unto a place called Golgotha, that is to say the place of a skull, they gave him, speaking of Jesus, vinegar to drink mingled with gall. When he had tasted thereof, he would not drink, and they crucified him, parted his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And verse 36, and sitting down, they watched him there. And sitting down, they watched him there. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. You Read a second ago, so. But today, as we are one week from celebrating the greatest event in the history of mankind, Amen. the crucifixion of our Lord, our Savior, Jesus. Jesus was crucified on that cross of Calvary. The cross. Everybody say that for me. Say the cross. Last week, I started a little three-part series that I'm going to end next Sunday with. I encourage you to come, bring everybody you can next Sunday. I'm excited about being in church on Easter. Man, I missed Easter last year. It was, it was pretty tough not being able to be in the house of God. And I'm thankful we're going to be able to be here this year. And um, as I said last week, in our modern era... We have reduced the power of the cross. It's been reduced to more of a symbol than what it actually is, which is that power that saves us, Sister Chastity. Does the cross still affect us when you hear the songs? When you hear somebody preach about the cross? Does it affect you when you hear about that cross when you find yourself at that cross how do you respond to it the response of the cross this is the series I'm talking about response to the cross last week I talked about you see at the beginning of the scriptures when um, the soldiers they gambled at the foot of the cross so last week I talked about those who responded by just gambling at the foot of the cross. Are, are we gambling with the only life that we have? We only have one life, Brother Anthony. We only got one life. I guess really we're going to have two, but on this earth, Sister Stephanie, we only have one life. One life to live. And while the end time is so close and playing out right in front of our eyes, it's never been a time like I've seen. I've never talking to uh, people that's much older than me. No doubt maybe you've talked to them. And, and I know we're, we're getting older, some of us here. But, um, and that's, that's better than alternative, I guess, with that. But we're, we're seeing it play out. We've never seen a time like we're in right now. Amen. Our a governmental system in the United States is a mess. And it's everything against the church, it seems like. And it's just, it's just crazy. The end time's playing out right in front of us. And we have people standing at the foot of the cross gambling with life. Amen. Just as the soldiers gambled for that, that uh, vesture, that garment, that coat of Jesus is that, that was 
unripped. They were just gambling with, with, their, uh, with his garment. Are we gambling with that bloodstained garment that he shed for us? Are you responding to the cross with gambling your life? The cross is our saving hope. The message of Calvary, the beauty, the, the wonder of His sacrifice for our lives. It is it's for me to have my sins washed away. The cross, the blood run down that cross. A drop of blood was shed. It was shed for me. It was shed for you, Brother David. It was shed for uh, each individual in this place. There was a drop of blood that was shed for everybody behind us and, and anybody that will be born in front of us. Jesus is, is what the cross is all about. The blood of Jesus, His saving grace. And, and no matter how much hell may try to tell us that, that we're no good and there's no hope, the cross is about redeeming everything that's broke about humanity and, and that was broken and, and at the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve fell into sin. Everything, no matter how dirty you feel, no matter how unfit you feel, Jesus will accept us in any way that we are and He'll save us from our sins. And everyone needs a Savior to save them. We all do. We can't save ourselves. I know a lot of people's trying to save themselves. I've been reading a, a really good book, but uh, the guy is not a Christian. He's, he's a probably a New Age thinking guy. This is just giving me some real good principles about I'm a horrible procrastinator. Uh, if you know me very well, I'm, I'm bad about procrastinating. So this book's about procrastinating and, and giving me a lot of principles. I'm hoping it's going to make me better at that. I don't know if it will or not. Sister Cheryl will let you know of that. if I Because she's one that really tells me I'm bad about it. But, uh, but at, the farther I've gotten the book, the more I'm seeing he's talking about how, you know, you can't depend on everything else. You've got to depend on yourself. That's that new age thinking. And I, I can't get myself to heaven. I can't save myself. And, and you can't save yourself. I can't save you. I'm not, I'm not the one uh, you need to pray to. You need to pray to Jesus and depend on him. And let that blood that run down that cross save us. Amen. We all need a savior. And that's what the cross is about. As I talked last week, I'm not going to go back and rehash all of it again, but you can go back and catch it on the podcast. There's links on Facebook and listen to it. People are gambling at the cross. There's three responses to the cross. Three responses. One, the gambler. The other one's going to be the one I'm going to talk about today. It was March 1980. When an earthquake occurred, seven days later, steam began to vent out of Mount St. Helens in Washington, in Washington State. Then at 8.32 Sunday morning, May 18th in 1980, Mount St. Helens in Washington State erupted. <laughs> 24 megatons of thermal energy, that is 500 times the force of the Hiroshima blast. At 660 degrees, it blew off 1,300 feet of granite from the top of that mountain. A landslide swept down the mountain at speeds of 75 and 150 miles an hour. Over 150 square miles of forest was blown over and was left dead. In the moments, that moment's rock 
and ice slammed into Spirit Lake, crossed a ridge that was 1,300 feet, roared 14 miles down to the, the total river, and ash reached 16 miles into the air. 57 people were killed, 250 homes destroyed, 47 bridges were destroyed, 15 miles of railways were destroyed, and 185 miles of highway were totally and completely destroyed, leaving a one-mile crater in the top of that mountain. His name was Harry R. Truman. He was 83 years old. He lived at Spirit Lake for 54 years with 16 cats, a pink Cadillac, and it said that he had a large supply of bourbon. Despite the many pleas, the authorities trying to get him to leave that area because of the, um, the eruption of the volcano, they could not persuade him to leave. His opinion was that the danger from the volcano was over, it was over-exaggerated. Today, Mr. Truman's former lodge is buried under 150 feet of volcanic landslide debris. His body was never found. The cat's was never found. He didn't listen. He didn't believe. He only watched. It unfold before his eyes. He was just a watcher. And today, that is the other response I want to talk about of those who find themselves at the foot of the cross. If you're not a gambler, you could just be a watcher. Matthew 27 and 36, the last verse that I read here today was, and sitting down, they watched him there. Are you a watcher at the cross? Is that who you may be? You see, death by crucifixion was generally a long process. Generally, it didn't happen like it did with Jesus. Jesus was only six hours, he was dead. And that's, that's the reason that crucifixion was so painful. They would break your bones. They would, they would uh, beat you like they did uh, Jesus. And it was a slow death, to say the least. And, and during that time, the soldiers' responsibilities was to watch the victims. Watch them as they were on that cross that nobody would come get them and take them down or, or, or relieve their pain. They had to watch over them. And no doubt, it had to be a hard, hard job but somebody was supposed to be the watcher of those that was on the cross. That was their job. And them same soldiers who gambled at the foot of the cross was also supposed to be there watching. And sometimes the soldiers had to literally watch in shifts because those being crucified was supposed to take many days. And it took a while for them to die. So uh, they would watch in shifts make, taking turns of watching that cross that person on it. And as they watched Jesus die a slow death, did they really see and know what they were seeing? Did they really know what they were watching on that horrible day when the man, Christ Jesus, hung between earth and between heaven? Did they know what they were watching? If they had only knew who Jesus truly was, these men that watched Jesus only saw a cruel, painful death of another man on the cross. 
But there was more there than what their eyes could see. There was more hanging on this cross, no doubt, than other men that they had watched die on the cross. They were blindly watching Sister Heather. They, 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 that day when, when all the earth shook and time stood still, they were blind watchers at that day when Jesus freed every one of us from sin and he redeemed mankind back to God during that time. If they could have seen Jesus for what he come to this world to really be, surely they would not have mocked and ridiculed him because another version uh, uh, of the Gospels talks about the same instant. They, they talked about how they watched, but they didn't only watch, but they mocked him and they ridiculed him. But sadly, uh, to say today, we still have watchers among us still here today. Amen. We still got people that's just watching the cross. So many, so many times we forget that awful day, Brother David. Many times we forget what that day really means for us. We forget all too often of what the cross of Calvary is really all about. We, we, we forget and it's so evident by, by the choices and the priorities that we put in our life and we're, we're watching uh, uh, now then we're not watching the cross but we're watching what the cross was come to do to save us and redeem us. We are in the end time and, and we see it evident across us and we forget our choices and we, we, we forget our priorities and we instead of God being first he becomes second and third and sometimes nowhere anywhere even on our list and we forget uh, by, by our lifestyles and our attitudes to, towards life itself and, and we just watch him on the cross and we just watch the fact that he's on the cross and, and we see the evidence because our attitude towards church and towards other people and, and towards God and we watch the cross all the long while we have disrespect and we have hate and we have unforgiveness and we have resentment and we have jealousy and, and that, that seems to be the norm instead of the, the exception, the rule in our life. No, we don't have the cross in front of us here today but we're on the edge of the greatest biblical event that has ever happened since Jesus was crucified or just since period the world was ever existed we're right on the brink of the coming of Jesus Christ and we're just casually watch what happened 2,000 years ago and I know we wasn't there but we're still seeing it unfold today in our lives and, 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 and over the last year we've seen so many people just become watchers in the church over life, but especially over the last year. Many people just come to watch in the church. We just respond by watching. The song, this song, the old rugged cross. At the cross, at the cross. I went across some songs, some of them last week. We talk about the cross, we talk about the blood preacher preaches his guts out or the Sunday school teachers teach or somebody uh, uh, is trying their best to, to help us to get closer to the Lord and we just look and we just watch. Just watching. I've heard more than once over the last year somebody said, Pastor, I can't be there today but I will catch you on the live feed or I'll watch it later. I'm thankful for technology but I'm more than thankful to be in the house of God today. I'm thankful for technology. I'm thankful that we've had these venues of 
podcasts and live streams and YouTube videos and I'm thankful for all that but I'm glad to be able to serve God and to be, be a part of the kingdom of God. I am thankful, hallelujah, that Jesus made a way for us not to just be a watcher but be a part of the kingdom of God and not just sit back and watch what's going on but be right in the middle of what's going on and we need to be uh, uh, we, we, we don't need just to be cross watchers but we need to be cross bearers, hallelujah we've got enough people that's watching what's happening, we've got enough people that's watching the fact that Jesus, yes he went to the cross and yes he shed his blood for us uh, and I'm thankful for that, praise God, but we need people, praise God, that won't just go watch, but we need people that'll get involved, we need people that'll say what can I do pastor what can I do to get involved, what can I do to help out, how can I help, I don't want to just watch the cross but I want to bear that thing on my back we need cross bearers not cross watchers no doubt there was people watching of all type not just the not just the soldiers as this text implies today it was the soldiers not just them but there was all all kinds of people watching I have to I have to think that more than one of the disciples made their way to the cross. The only one we know that made the to made his way to the cross was John, and um, I don't know at what point exactly he came, but he just stood and watched as everything went on. We read about uh, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus. They were watching. It was up on a hill, so no doubt it was a spectacle for everybody. And people probably just uh, heard, heard so much about this man Jesus and wondered what was going to happen to him. Was he going to come off that cross? Was he going to call the angels down? And they was just watching from a distance and and watching what was transpiring, watching what was going on. The three, the twelve men that walked with Jesus the closely, so closely to him in the time that he really needed them. And brother Eddie, when all of a sudden uh, uh, Judas, one of the twelve, betrayed Jesus, and and they all begin to run and leave him we, we read about how Peter followed him afar off and just watched because he was afraid to get too close afraid that he he himself may end up in the same fate of Jesus and and we have I have to think that somehow uh, that majority maybe if not all of those disciples made their way at some point before he was took off that cross they might not have got too close but I'm sure uh, Sister Chastity they looked and they watched from a distance watching what was happening watching what was going on and, and, and that's what we're seeing so so many right now I, I wonder if they're just watching and seeing what's happening and, and, and just watching and, and paying attention I hope they're not not like the man who, who just watched the, the explosion that was going on around him and, and just thinking you know what this is over exaggerated church is over exaggerated you don't have to be that involved you don't have to get involved with it you don't have to you don't have to pray you don't have to read you don't have to change your life I'll just sit back and watch and be a casual watcher of what's going on I, I can't help but that's what think that's what so many people are thinking right now We've been hearing it for years and years. Jesus is going to come. Is he really going to come? I can assure you today, Jesus is going to come, hallelujah, sooner than later. But if he doesn't come, hallelujah, can you believe it? This is the last Sunday of March. Amen. Come on, folks. Uh, Ashley, no doubt, is probably the youngest one up here with us. And, and But let me tell you what, even my children always, Bethany's already with, with talking about Corbin. My goodness, he's fixing to be two months old. He's growing up too fast. Said, Honey, you ain't seen nothing yet. 
Think about the fact that I'm 50. I'm just turned 51, right? <laughs> My mind just blown away. Time ain't holding back for nothing, honey. We don't have time to just sit back and watch. Especially in the time we're living in right now. We can't just be a watcher at the cross. Mark 15 and 21. And they compel one, Simon, a Cyrenian, who passed by, coming out of the country, the father of Alexandria and Rufus, to bear his cross. No doubt we've all heard the story of Simon. And when Jesus couldn't pack his cross no more, they grabbed him and said, you pack that cross. Some of the biblical commentaries suggest that Simon was coming home to Jerusalem after a journey, even though his hometown was somewhere else. Maybe he was from Jerusalem. We don't really know for sure, but what we do know that he was compelled to carry the cross of Jesus. Seems to be that he was a business person. He was in town on business. He had moved away from there and he was back there in town on business no doubt when they grabbed him he made it and said hey I don't got nothing to do this what do you I'm just a, I'm just passing by we don't know for sure but he definitely seems to be an outsider that was drawn in by force by by law to do something that he did not want to do we can we cannot really relate with Simon as someone who actually helped a man to his execution. We talk about him, but can we really relate to it? It would be like perhaps me or you being part of someone being killed in an electric chair. If you would imagine with me today, maybe you're the one that had to strap that person in that lecture chair maybe you're the one that had to take that needle to put it in the arm you strap that convicted person that sentenced person to that chair you put that needle in their arm we cannot relate to Simon really in that manner but that's what it would be like with me and you when that was your job People has that job. I know there's not that that doesn't happen as much as it used to, but it still does happen. But no doubt, it was the last thing that Simon wanted to do that day. He had other plans, no doubt. He had his own agenda. It made mention of the fact that he had his two children with him. So, no doubt, it is not what he wanted to do to that day. He did not want to have packed the cross of anybody that was going to be crucified. It, it was not something that he had on his to-do list. That, that he was preparing for the Passover, just like everybody else was. But Simon was confronted with a cross. Not just any cross though. He was to take and bear and put on his shoulder the cross of the Redeemer. The cross of the Savior. And he was to 
follow Jesus to his death. Simon, I'm sure, would have just preferred to just watch the cross as everybody else did. Maybe Simon was just watching along with some other people but he got too close to the cross and he had an encounter with the cross unlike anybody else around him can you imagine with me what Simon must have felt when he took that bloody cross and he laid it on his shoulder and he took it from Jesus that day what did Simon see when he looked into the eyes of Jesus his face had been beaten to the to the point that nobody could even recognize him. Maybe he couldn't even see his eyes real good, but I, I have to believe that Jesus and Simon connected eyes. We're not really told of anything, uh, of, of any conversation between Simon and Jesus, but no doubt Simon had an encounter like nobody else had that day with that cross, and he had an encounter with Jesus like nobody else that day. And Sister Chassie, no doubt, his eyes and Jesus' eyes could uh, uh, connected with each other and that cross which Simon carried on his back for the savior of the world it became an instrument that day of life it became an instrument for grace it became an instrument for hope it became an instrument for salvation and forgiveness of mankind Simon had an encounter with that cross unlike anybody else that was there that day because he had to bear that cross he wasn't just watching everybody else that day like just uh, like everybody else was but that heavy piece of rough lumber it ripped human flesh hallelujah it symbolized the healing of the human race and Simon was bearing it on his back no doubt the blood of Jesus was running down his face that had been on Jesus he had Jesus' blood on him he wasn't like anybody else and I have to believe once they dropped that cross in the ground and Jesus had been nailed to that yes he was watching that cross like everybody else brother Eddie but he wasn't watching it like they was he was thinking I was a part of that. I was a part of that. I'm part of the reason that he's up there. If you and I could get that same mentality in us and realize, yes, he, I'm watching him on that cross, but I'm part of the reason he's hanging up there. Oh, he shed some of that blood for me. Oh, come on. I can help him pack that cross. I don't just want to watch it. Perhaps Isaiah 53 and 4 and 5, the prophecy of what that cross was all about can help us understand a little bit better. He said, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Everything on that cross, hallelujah, speaks to healing. It speaks to deliverance it speaks to forgiveness and we cannot afford to be a cross watcher anymore than we can afford to be a Sunday Christian we cannot afford to be a cross watcher anymore than we can afford just to be a casual uh, child of God I don't even know if there's such a thing as that but we must be cross bearers we must be cross bearers hallelujah people that are carry this cross not just on Sunday but on Monday hallelujah not just on Monday but Tuesday at midnight when you wake up praise God we ought to have that cross on our mind we must hallelujah Jesus he needs us to help him pack that cross not just watch it 
Must Jesus bear the cross alone? No. There's a cross for every one of us. Every one of us have our own cross. I'm about to be done today. I know we started late and I'm going to be short with this today. But I want to be precise. There are some responses to the cross. Three in specific that I'm talking about. The gambler. The watcher. And next week I'll wrap it up. With the final one. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'll tell you next Sunday. But we have people that's gambling with the cross. I'll take a chance. And then we got people just watching. But every one of us have a cross. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 through 27, He said to His disciples, If any man will come after Me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow Me. He said, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for My sake shall find it. He's just simply saying this, you just need to lose don't worry about the life that you're thinking is that you need. But I have a life for you that I want to give you. And to really truly find that thing, we've got to take our cross. Jesus went on to say in verse 26 here, He said, For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of His Father with His angels. Then He shall reward every man according to His works. But Eddie, it tells me something there. Works does not save you. But we will be rewarded according to works. We, we can't be a cross watcher. But we must all bear the cross. Our cross on our shoulders. And be about the kingdom's business. And we're running out of time. We are running out of time. I hope we're not just watchers. I'm going to bring this to a close today. Some scriptures from the book of Acts chapter 1. Jesus had been crucified. And Jesus had appeared several times to many people. He appeared to Mary Magdalene in the garden when they come looking for him. and Come to look at the grave. He appeared to Mary Magdalene. It appeared to the disciples one time without Thomas and another time with Thomas. He walked with them down the road of Emmaus and appeared to them. But the final time that he appeared among them was here in the book of Acts. Chapter 1 verse 6 says, And when they Therefore would come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? 
And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put his own power, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and all the Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taking up in a cloud and a cloud received him out of their sight. Now, now listen to these last two verses. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. We got to get this picture. At this point, there was about 500 people who appeared to Jesus that day. Or Jesus appeared to about 500 people. That's what the scripture says, about 500 people here. Jesus gives them some commands, basically saying, look, you go to Jerusalem, the Holy Ghost is fixing to fall on you there. And if the Holy Ghost gets on you, you're going to be a witness. I want you to be a witness, and you're basically you're going to start this New Testament church. And this is what happens right here. The next chapter we find, the book of Acts, where we love Acts 2.38, and Peter preached to them, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for remission of sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But this is preceding that. This Jesus was fixing to go up. And while they looked, what was they doing? They were just looking, alright? They were just watching Jesus go up. Just like He went up on the cross and people just watched Him. They was watching Jesus go up. Verse 11 says, And while two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? He don't even say, why are you just standing there watching? This same Jesus which was taken up from you into heaven shall come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. You know what he was saying right here? He was saying, look, you're just watching him, but you need to get busy. Amen. This same Jesus that's leaving you like that, he's going to come back the same way. He's going to come back in the cloud. He's going to come back unexpectedly. He's going to come back when you're not ready. If you're just sitting there watching, it's not going to do no good. What he was saying, it's time to get busy. It's time you can't be just sitting watching, sitting back and watching what's going on. Church, we're running out of time. Hallelujah. And we can look around today. There's a lot of empty seats and there's people that need to be in the house of God. And we need to be on our knees praying. And I know this crazy pandemic, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of people telling me I can't do this and I can't do that. Hallelujah. But I want to tell this world right now, Jesus is coming back. And we can't just sit back and watch. Hallelujah. As, 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 as it just passes by. But we've got to do something. We've got to get busy because I don't want him to come back and somebody just be standing there watching not knowing what to do we can't just be watching there's work to do there's work to do for the kingdom of God I, I, I didn't write it down but I'm reminded of the story that, that this man went out and found these people just idle not doing nothing and they said why are you just standing here not doing nothing he said because nobody has hired us to work he said I'm telling you there's work to do why don't you just come to work for me right now there's work for us to do hallelujah there's no reason for us to be bored hallelujah there's no reason for us to feel like we don't have anything to do there's work to be done 
And somebody says, well, I can't make it all the time, Pastor. I, you know what? Now listen to me. I'm going to push you to come to the house of God because we need to be in the house of God. But if you can't make it to the house of God, there's still work to do. There's knees that need to be raw from us praying. There's Bibles that need to be read. Hallelujah. There's people need to be told about Jesus. We don't have time to just watch. Amen. I'm done today. I don't want to be a watcher. I don't want to just watch the cross. I want to put it on my shoulder. I want to pack it. All of us has got a different cross to pack. I can't pack yours. I can't pack your cross. You can't pack mine. But we've got to pack our own cross. So today I'd like us to take some time and pray. If you'd like to come up here and pray, pray at your seat. It doesn't matter. We could take a few minutes and just talk to the Lord today. Evaluate our life and say, God, am I just sitting back and watching? I don't want to be caught just watching when Jesus comes back. I want to be working for the kingdom of God. So can we find a place to pray today and talk to the Lord? Jesus, help us.